0: Welcome
1: to the Asylum, and now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network.
0: Yes, indeed. Merry Christmas here on Christmas week. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum, and tonight's show is brought to you by ButcherBox. Get 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and heritage bread pork delivered to your door each month for less than $6.50 per meal. Visit arenasportsnet.com and click on the ButcherBox logo and start your monthly order today. Also, tonight's show is presented by Cleaver Supplements, pure supplements for when genetics are not enough, Mr. Flieger. Visit cleaversupplements.com for more information. And if you click on the Cleaver Supplements logo on the Arena Sports Network site, there's a discount waiting just for you. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. That's right. It is Christmas week, but more
1: than that, Rick, it is Fantasy Championship week for any of your good leagues anyhow, right? I mean, some of your stupid ones that are going to play in Week 17, but this is it. It is do or die. If you are a regular listener to the slant, of course, we let you know Sunday that was the final slant because of the Christmas holiday. So today's show, and this is going to be a treat for our exclusive Arena sports net listeners, this is going to be more geared as a inside slant show where we're going to give you some starts and sits. What else are we gonna do? We're gonna give you we're gonna the game predictions. Where I went fourteen and two last week, Rick.
0: I just buried you. Once yeah, again. I, I thought I nailed it at twelve and four, and I look up and I'm two games back. That is just ridiculous. So we will pick those
1: games this week. We'll also recap last week headlines, takeaways, game balls, stinky stucks. We got it all. I don't even know if we're gonna be able to get it all in today, Rick. We might need to do a four hour show. Before we settle in for our long winter's nap for the holiday, because I gotta be honest, I'm not playing for any titles this week, Rick. Allen Robinson did me dirty in about nine leagues this year.
0: Yes, he did. And I'll tell you what, that he's not the only guy that has done people dirty. And there's been some real diamonds in the rough this year too that have emerged as pretty key fantasy players. Yeah, and I think And I think we'll hit on that. Once the season's over with maybe, like, um, some uh, MVP (coughs) – excuse me, fantasy MVPs. And, um, you know, I think we're just going to hit in some other things. We're going to do some – rankings of all time of of different positions maybe you know later on into the winter and so forth we will hit some hockey and wrestling
1: i'm ready to not talk fantasy football non-stop which we really don't but for us this has been non-stop lately but let's get into it the week that was last week rick i think the biggest story brock osweiler benched in favor of tom savage Tom Savage, over $78 million, Brock Osweiler. Savage has already been named the starter for this week. What do you do if you're the Houston Texans and you're saddled with that $17 million cap hit next season and this guy can't get the ball over the line of scrimmage?
0: You just eat it and move on. That That's what most teams do. I mean, you're forced to deal with that. You You paid the piper, so to speak. And Without ever having met with him, that still exactly. stunning me. Exactly, and and he had no resume whatsoever. I mean, I, I could actually see, and we'll get into him a little bit later. I could actually see them gambling on a guy like Matt Moore or somebody that's right. been around and and actually has at least something on his resume. Osweiler had nothing. I mean, he he muddled through some games with one of the best defenses in the league right. since the 85 Bears. It seems
1: like it. And in fact, they've
0: won, what, eight games to this point? Yeah, exactly. They've won eight games, but they've lost two straight, and they're, offensively they're just very anemic.
1: Well, they won last week. They came back against the Jaguars, Rick. If I'm not mistaken, and got Gus, or yeah, got him
0: fired. Oh, you're talking about Houston? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. I, yeah, I'm. I was going back to Denver for oh, when we were uh, talking about last. Oh, week. okay, okay. But yeah, I'm with you now. But but yeah, Houston's anemic on on offense. They've won two straight, and and they're still. I guess they're technically in the lead of the division. They're, they're tied right. with Tennessee. And I believe they play, if not this week, in Week 17.
1: There's some meaningful games coming up in that AFC South.
0: Yeah, I mean, Houston's 5-0 and in division play. Tennessee's 1-3. and So, I mean, Tennessee needs to win this thing outright if they want to get in. But just a few graphics here. Tennessee's 8-6, and okay? They've scored 340 points, given up 323. Defense a little lacking. Right. But, you know, not horrendous. Houston has given up two hundred and ninety four points. Probably what? What is that? Thirty thirty points less than Tennessee. You know how many points they've scored? I bet you it's not even two hundred. Well they have it. Two hundred and fifty. Oh, They're wow. eight and six and they've scored <laughs> Forty-four points less than they've given up. It's unbelievable. It it's is. Just, and it's all Brock Oswald. I
1: mean, you look at it, Tom Savage. I watched this kid play in college. I watched him in purse as a pit guy. And I gotta tell you, it never stuck in my head watching him. That was only one season. He transferred from what Rutgers to Arizona State and back to wanted to go back to Rutgers. That didn't work out. He went to Pit for what it was weird. He bounced all around the NCAA. But in watching him in that season it never even stuck in my mind that he would be an NFL quarterback. I was stunned when he was drafted, when he was drafted, stunned when he made the team, stunned when he was the number 2 there in Houston and now stunned that he's on the starter on a team right now poised to make a playoff run. But, you know, he went out there 23-36, to 260 yards, made some mistakes, looked, looked confused at times, which I think you would expect. Yeah. But I don't think you'd see 23 completions out of Brock Osweiler. We saw games where he couldn't get to 100, let alone 200. And the most important number to me, and looking what happened in the th- whatever three-quarters of that game or a little less, whatever it was, when Osweiler got pulled, DeAndre Hopkins walks out of that game with eight catches for 87 yards. Again, this guy is one of the best wide receivers in the league and he had just been completely eliminated by bad
0: quarterback play well exactly and you mentioned uh savage's stats pardon me i don't care if they're 2 and 12 or not jacksonville has a seventh ranked defense in the league they're pretty doggone good against the pass he was moving the football against them and something brock osweiler couldn't do against anybody no
1: it's just unbelievable And, and he looked good for stretches last year with Denver, which, which is odd, and you look back on it, there was some – and I was trying to remember how I felt about it, you know, when they made the switch back to Peyton Manning. I think the consensus, well, well, well it's Peyton Manning. But Brock Osweiler had played well enough that there was a lot of clamoring for him to keep that job, and people around the league were stunned when Denver let him go when they only had Trevor Simeon and Paxson Lynch in behind him. I believe they brought in butt fumble there for an hour and a half, didn't they?
0: Yeah. So they were
1: stunned by this. I don't know if this system doesn't match up with Osweiler. I don't know what happened. It's the craziest thing. But you saw it last year with Houston. Look, this team really isn't a title contender, but this is a playoff team with that defense and any type of quarterback play who can get the ball in the halo of DeAndre Hopkins with the way they run the ball, especially with the addition of Lamar Miller, anybody even barely competent can make lead that
0: team to nine wins in a division title in a bad division. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, he was pedestrian last year, no, no question about that, with his stats. But that's all that was expected of him, quite frankly. But they need him to step up in Houston. Right. And it's just not happening, period. No, it,
1: it's unbelievable, and you see it, and you see it, oddly enough, now you're seeing it in Denver. Now Trevor Simeon, I believe, playing a little better, but that offense the last two weeks absolutely can't score. Now the offensive line and the defense, the defensive backs are brawling in the locker room after that game. I mean, you see it just when you have these teams with great defenses and no offense, you don't know what to make of them any given week. You know, if they can go out and score 10, they're probably going to win the game. But these offenses right now can't get you to 10 points. That's the same thing in Denver. Denver's in big trouble. I don't know that Denver makes playoffs, Rick. Right
0: I know. It, it's. It, you're exactly right. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. False. No, that's not the appropriate answer. C- I'm sorry. No. What team – every team has played 14 games now, all the buys and stuff's gone. What team has given up? The fewest points in a national football league through 14 games. Oh, what team has given up the fewest points? So, I'm guessing Denver's too easy. It can't
1: be Denver, or you wouldn't even be asking me the question. So, it's somebody I'm not expecting. I'm going to say, you said Houston and Tennessee were close, so it's not Houston. Kansas City's given up some big games. Uh I'm
0: going to say New England, Rick. You're gonna say absolutely correct. Ding, ding, ding. You are absolutely correct. And I brought that up because you are always the first one to jump on. Well, their defense stinks yeah. if Brady carries them. I and mean, they are giving up even fewer points in Denver, fewer points than Houston, as you mentioned, fewer points in Seattle. And, oh, by the way, they're 12-2. and two.
1: Yeah. yeah, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl again. That's boring. I mean, are it's you ready for to that say. to be over? I like greatness to a degree, but we've gotten to the point just over saturation where I actually find the playoffs less interesting <laughs> with them involved.
0: You know, I, I'm i the opposite, even though, you know, you can say, yeah, you get tired of it. But you know what? It's kind of like that old adage about you're running up the score. You don't like them, beat them. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But
1: I don't have the capacity to do that. I'm not talking about you. So I can't sit here and roof it. Look, I get it. I I, I absolutely get it. It's sort of, I think you run the gauntlet with these things, and you see it. There's these one or two teams in, in every league. And it starts out, you know, and I remember the beginning of New England's run. It was kind of a cool story, right? They were winning them close. They weren't expected. They had this little hermit of a coach, this little weird-looking guy. You had the pretty boy quarterback who came out of nowhere, this kicker making 80-yard field goals to win big games no matter what the weather. And you watch that arc, and that goes on, and you can root for that for so long. And then they get established, and now it's kind of fun to root against that team, right? At least that's me. You get to a degree where, all right, I'm tired of this, but I can root against them and they've been on that arc, and now it's gotten to the point where I'm tired of rooting against them. I'm tired of rooting for them. I'm just tired of New England. I didn't take a couple of weeks off, a couple of years (laughs) off. I I, I don't know. I'm just tired. But I see I get excited, you know, Dallas picking it back up, what Oakland's doing, what Kansas City's doing. That's fun. That's good for the league. And just in the end, though, when you have any discussion that involves the Raiders, that involves the Chiefs? You know, there's probably people that are sick of the Steelers as well. But for me – you're discussing the Steelers or the Ravens or any of these other teams. The conversation always ends with, yeah, but they're going to have to go to Foxborough and win an AFC championship game, and that just isn't going to happen. So it just sort of takes the whole thing to me and goes, <laughs> I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, and briefly before we get into balls and socks and all that jazz, we'll do a real quick Playoff synopsis: You got New England on top of the AFC at twelve and two. Oakland's eleven and three. Pittsburgh's the three seed right now at nine and five, leading the North. Houston actually is the official four seed at eight and six, leading the South. Kansas City ten and four. Miami nine and five. Baltimore, Tennessee, Denver, all eight and six, still alive. Indianapolis and Buffalo technically still alive at seven and seven, especially Indian at South, Um, eliminated. The Bengals, Chargers, Jets, Jags, and Browns. The NFC Dallas, of course, twelve and two. They're number one seed. Seattle nine, four and one with that tie in there. They're leading the West. Atlanta's leading the South at nine and five. Detroit's nine and five. I tell you, there's some chinks in that team right there. Yeah, there's no they're, no cinch that they've got the North wrapped up. They're yet. not going to make the playoffs, right? If they don't win the division, you're no. right. Uh, Giants ten and four. I'm I'm telling you couple weeks ago, I said, I'm starting to feel the Giants. I'm still starting to feel them a little bit. They're the way they're ca-
1: playing defense now. Yeah, they are. And Eli's just not making the big mistake. The offense hasn't been good by any means. No. But it's been good enough. And that defense, that huge investment they made finally in December, started just out of
0: nowhere, started paying off. Yeah, exactly. Green Bay 8-6 and six, uh, would be the last playoff team as of right now. Still alive. Tampa eight and six. Washington seven, six and one. That's good that's interesting. That tie could actually play into this here. Minnesota seven and seven, New Orleans, Carolina outside looking in, but they're still alive at six and eight. eliminated Cardinals. Eagles, Rams, Bears, and the 49ers. Yeah, so when you look
1: at it, Rick, I actually had this jotted down to do later, but let's just do it now. How do you see this thing ending up? So I think the AFC is probably pretty well set,
0: right? I look at it right now. We go way back to August. I have Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Super Bowl. I'm still alive.
1: Yeah, I'm not, as I had Arizona, Cincinnati. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'm like the weatherman. You know, I'm t- bragging about how good my game predictions are. I'm real good at telling you what's going to happen right now. I can't look into the future, apparently. Well, you and do both
0: that. have you both have the twelfth. Uh, excuse me. You have both 12 seeds oh. in the conference. So if they just expand the playoffs, I'd be in business. Well, yeah. They're, I mean, it's, so, I blame
1: the league. This is Goodell's fault is what this boils down to. Of course it is. Yeah. The jerk. <laughs> so, look, the Patriots clearly had this thing wrapped up. The Raiders done having to play. That loss to Tennessee last week I think was just devastating, absolutely devastating for Kansas City in terms of winning the division anyhow. So, I think they're the clear two seed, you know, and the Steelers-Ravens, you know, what do you make of that game? That's going to decide who that three seed is, and it, it's, it's all about that game. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and as I've, a Steelers fan, I'll tell you what, I don't feel good about it. They've lost the last three in a row to Baltimore. Baltimore is built for one purpose and one purpose
0: only, and that's to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers wherever you play, no matter what the conditions. And, and they do it well. There's no question about that. But I think Pittsburgh is a little healthier, and they're just a little, little more potent. Yeah. And, and I think they – this game, I think, I mean, obviously, it, it decides a division. Right. And it, de- it decides a, a playoffs.
1: Now, I don't know what the scenarios are between Baltimore and Miami because you look at Kansas City. So, the, I've got the Titans actually going to win the South, Rick. I think they get a shot at Houston. They're the best team in that division right now. To go into Arrowhead in December – and win a game, that that tells me – now, look, they can go out and lay an egg,
0: but I got Tennessee winning that South. i tell
1: you what, the real wild
0: card in there to me is Indianapolis, where they, that offense is starting to crank up a little bit. Yeah,
1: you go up and hang 30 on Minnesota. <laughs> what a bunch of dogs Minnesota are. Don't I just laying down, just absolutely laid down. You know, there's a case, I think, where the defense said, you know what, you offense, you stink, we're done we killing ourselves out it here. It like We're it. finished. Score us 15 or we're done. <laughs> and they they won't do it. They right. can't move the ball. Exactly. Under, you know, a lot of it's the offensive line, but they're going to regret all those picks they gave up for Sam Bradford and Philadelphia. Just They ought to be arrested for robbery. <laughs> it what call they did call to, the cops. What they did to a desperate Minnesota team and just made out like bandits. So I think the Chiefs and/or the Raiders are going to obviously be the five seed, and I think Denver's in trouble, Rick. I don't think Denver wins another game, and so I don't know what the scenarios are between Miami and the Ravens. Or my I know what the scenario is between Miami and the Steelers is they beat them head to head, right? So you know if the steel, assuming the Steelers win the division, I think the Ravens could actually still sneak in get that six seed, if not Miami. But I think Denver's done.
0: Well, the thing about Pittsburgh. You know, it's a must situation for them against Baltimore. Obviously, Baltimore's undefeated in division play right now. Right. And so, I mean, if, if they fall to Baltimore again, that division's Baltimore's. And there's just no stopping them. I well, think. then you have to count on Cincinnati beating Baltimore oh, in that's 17. The point. It's not and I'm not counting on that. I'm not either. Um, I agree with you. I think Tennessee is the best team in the South, Indianapolis is. is, is Interesting. I don't. I don't think they're the best team, but that they have the best offense. Oh, but and, not even close. Right. Exactly. Um, Houston. They're very precarious with Savage in there. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform coming this coming week. What's so, Tom Savage look like
1: when somebody I don't know who's Houston play this week? But when somebody has a has a week to game plan for him, that, I think. That, oh yeah, you're absolutely that's right. What's Let's intriguing. take a look at the schedule. Yeah, I'm here. trying to find it here real quick. They're playing the Bengals at home. On Christmas Eve night, that's the night game on Christmas Eve. So, yeah, I mean, you could still beat that Bengals. What a bunch of low rent! You know, I had. I want to talk about this, Rick. This will be the Homer portion of the show. What do you make of this ter- curse of the terrible towel, Rick? You buy into that? Oh, at all? you
0: betcha, man! It's yeah, weird the way it happened, right? Myron Cope got into him, and you don't do that to Myron's towel.
1: <laughs> I mean, House Mazzilli, he learned. He learned his lesson. Sure did. Led them, propelled them to a Super Bowl. The the momentum of that nonsense, I believe, was it Lendell White in Tennessee? Yeah. Did the same thing. They absolutely whitewashed them, and they're up fourteen. And just, what was it, seventeen three? And that game was over. Pittsburgh looked dead. Cincinnati had all the momentum. And he starts messing with the towel, and then just bang, like clockwork, just bang.
0: Exactly. I agree. So you. Whoops. <laughs> Let's put him on the board. Housha Whoa, what's going on? Too many you know, buttons. this is why we need Cletus. Let's put him on the board. Housha Got it. Championship.
1: That's all I was trying to do. Exactly. Way too many buttons over. But, yeah,
0: let's, uh, before we predict the games, we got a huge game. Giants at Philadelphia. Um, that's, uh, that's tonight, obviously. Miami at Buffalo. Another huge game. Um, I keep the-
1: expecting Miami to lose here, but they're just not. Now they got New England in seventeen, but New England's going to have everything wrapped up, right? <laughs> so, right. I mean, it, this team could win out. This team could be eleven and five, ten and six at absolute worst. You know, I think Miami's going to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, which is stunning. It's it's very possible. Tennessee at Jacksonville, another huge division game. I mean, it's it sounds kind of laughable, but. Some reason, somewhere along the line, Jacksonville stays competitive if Blake would just get in early on a, you know, yeah. Friday or Saturday night. Just shut her down about 8 o'clock, <laughs> yeah, you know what really. I mean?
1: Drink some Gatorade and go to bed and take right. a couple aspirin and start playing in the second quarter, for God's sake.
0: Exactly. Minnesota <laughs> at Green Bay. I don't think this is as big as what – I mean, it's a huge game, don't get me wrong, but, I, you know, we get to the predictions. I think oh, Green Bay whitewashes
1: no, them. No, it's going to be crazy. So what else we have here? Let's just finish up this segment, Rick, with some takeaways here. Where are all the Tony Romo truthers at now? That's how I wrote that down, huh? We, we done with that finally? Can we put that to bed? I've never
0: been on board Can, with either. it. I mean, that's, you know, it, but it's funny it how all
1: the national guys just flipped and said, yep, see, that Dak Prescott, man, this guy could take you to a championship. When they were screaming coming off a one bad game, they were screaming that you had to bring Tony Romo and his 2 and 6
0: playoff record into the game now for the Super Bowl run. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have a takeaway. Um, I. Houston, we just talked about them. They're fifth in the league in rushing, 30th in passing, okay? Um, If Savage is not an improvement, which I think he will be at least somewhat over Brock Osweiler, my God, bring back Matt Schaub. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he's still in the league. Yeah, he played. He's back in Atlanta. He played last week. I had no idea. I had no idea. It sticks in
1: my head. He's your age. He's been around
0: so long. No. But, and and talk about needing a quarterback. Another takeaway Jacksonville. I mean, I'm sorry. When you have, how do you fall that far that fast? I have no. I I guess because the booze. I guess I don't have any idea. But they have the seventh overall defense. Somebody is going to inherit a lot of talent on a team that is two and twelve. Well there's a
1: lot of and it's apparently the interest is on Tom Coughlin's end to go back there. That could be really really intriguing. Well, talk about being old. Well, I yeah. mean I'm young compared to this guy. <laughs> He's a but the only guy who's ever had any success in Jacksonville. Still a good coach. He needs to hire a game like a clock management guy True. to follow him around. That's sort of well, the really really hour-
0: hourglass doesn't work right. anymore. You need you got to be, you know. I mean
1: literally that's what did him in last year. They have horrible clock management in the fourth quarter. How many games did they blow late in the fourth quarter because you know, of clock thing, management?
0: You know another thing that cost him his job is he lost control of that team when Beckham was going crazy over yeah. on Josh Norman. He didn't put his foot down and set that guy down for a, even a game or a half or whatever. You go back 15 years before that in Jacksonville, He didn't put up with none of that kind of stuff ever. And I
1: think that's what Jacksonville needs is if if whatever reason he lost or couldn't control Beckham. Or maybe when you have a team with guys like Beckham and some of the guys they have in New York, that old-school way of doing things doesn't fly. When you got a team of losers like you have in Jacksonville, I think that might be exactly what they need. I mean, just if you look at it, and I don't know, you hate to take the Draftnik point of view, but you just look at the – collection of talent in the history that these players have had through college and in their younger days and even what alan robinson did early on in his career the talent is there and for whatever reason gus bradley who's now on the streets will work for food right now (laughs) yeah i'm sure yeah i I worry about him this christmas (laughs) Rick. i really do but, you know, how you can't put that collection of talent together, to your point, you bring it up all the time, they play pretty good defense. You know, T.J. Yeldon, all these Alabama running backs are stars in this league, and you look at – you know, the, what he did in flashes last year. You bring in Chris Ivory with a proven track record. You have an Allen Robinson. You have an Allen Hearns coming off a huge season. There is so much to work with down there. I don't know. Maybe it is Gus Bradley. Is it all on Blake Bortles? I don't know what to make of this Jacksonville team, but I would think it, with the right leadership, that team could probably should be able to make a turnaround.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Jacksonville is, like you said, for a guy like Tom Coughlin, that smaller market to me is probably much more in his favor than the big. Oh, that I Los agree Angeles, that New York, even Chicago, something like that. And yeah, I mean, I think he can go down there, do his thing, and and they leave him alone. And yeah, I think he can put together a good team. Whether or not he's he's got to be in his seventies, right? I think he is seventy. Of course, Dick LeBeau is 140, and it doesn't really much matter. He just
1: keeps getting better. (laughs) (laughs) He's about to lead another bad defense to the playoffs through glue and popsicle sticks or however he does it. (laughs) Just amazing. That's a good point. I never thought about that. The bright lights and the scrutiny of a New York City versus a Jacksonville. where well, you could probably walk down the streets of Jacksonville in front of the stadium and survey a hundred people, and seventy-five of them would be surprised to learn there's a football team in their town. So that might be, yeah, you know, they're, they're the Florida Gators. What's this Jaguars you speak yeah. of? So that, yeah, that's an interesting point. I'd, I'd be, I'm, I just have to think the collection of talent. You get a new coach in, I think you got to get an offensive-minded coach in there, somebody good with quarterbacks, and I want to see next year what Blake Bortles can become. Who is he? Is he what we saw flashes of last year, or is he the drunken buffoon we've seen all year this year just throwing back, breaking pick sixes every chance he gets like it's his job?
0: Well, somebody's either going to have to take him under his wing – Put their foot down on him and, and get him more disciplined, or they're going to have to let him go. Because okay, that kind of regression—that's
1: yeah, exactly. isn't
0: just—it isn't just. I don't know a bad year after after what we saw last year with the weapons he had, the touchdowns he was throwing. All all be said, other than Chris Ivory, and of course Alan Hearns is out now. They really haven't had significant injuries. No, I'm.
1: Yeldon's been in and out of the lineup, True. But, but nothing significant. They do need
0: a. I think they need a more explosive running back. Probably, but I think you can get by with an Ivory and Yeldon. Well, and that's
1: a nice one too. punch, sure. in, especially in a passing offense. I agree.
0: And you have the
1: weapons in 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 and uh, who's my boy that I hate, Allen Robinson.
0: Allen Robinson, Marquise I've, Lee, man, Lee's really a, shown some flashes. He's emerging. You got Julius a, Thomas at tight end, which seems to never be used.
1: Right. I just there's so much to work with there I, I'm really surprised by it all right Rick well let's break here when we come back we will take a look at the game ball stinky socks from last week and start preparing you for your fantasy championship those of you left we're going to help you out even though we couldn't get ourselves there by God we're going to do it for you we'll do all that and more here exclusively on the arena sports network.
0: Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul. All right, welcome back There's to a, to
1: a to Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here he on the Arena Sports and Network. It's Rick's a out here over Frosty the Snowman.
0: Oh, I tell you snowman what, nothing like Christmas tale, say, season, huh? I'm
1: kind of, eh, I'm all right with it. Hunting season's over. I like the time off from work. I'll say that much.
0: Christmas. Sorry, Santa.
1: I love Christmas. That's <laughs>
0: right. He's always watching, pal. All
1: right, Ray. Hey, before we get into the game balls and stinky socks, anytime this news happens, I'm always curious what you think. It's really weird how you're the first person that pops in my mind. Is sort of the oldest person I know in real life. I often wonder what an old curmudgeon thinks. We saw the news last week or the week before. Leonard Fournette skipping LSU's bowl game to, quote, get ready for the NFL draft, which just read I'm not risking getting hurt for this low-rent beef macaroni and cheese bowl or whatever he's playing in. And then the news comes out earlier this week that Christian McCaffrey doing the same thing. Very, very divided, hot topic in sports. You have people losing their minds, other people defending it. What What does Rick Briggs think about this?
0: You know I- I agree and disagree, kind of at the same time. I mean, if I'm in the NFL, say I'm a coach in the NFL, cool. I don't have to worry about this guy getting hurt in this in this cheesy right. bowl, and, and that that makes a lot of sense. But then, on the same token, what kind of teammates he going to be if the going gets tough? You know, in the NFL. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, it, it makes perfect sense. I, I agree 100%. I wouldn't want to
1: get hurt. No. I, I agree. You know, and I like to have this romantic notion of team, which I think is what it is. And you say, you know, and that, that, that's a good point. You say you wonder, or you might wonder what kind of teammate he is. But uh, for everything I've seen for both of these guys, they were really damn good teammates until now. You know what's in it for them? You know, and I guess, and I don't know how to feel about nothing. If you think about it, I want to have this romantic notion of teamwork. And I saw Ben Roethlisberger interviewed on local radio here this afternoon. He was asked about it, and they asked him the same question. They his senior year, they won the MAC at Miami of Ohio, and just played still in some low rent bowl in Detroit or something. I think it was one of those car tire bowls or something. And he said it never crossed his mind to do that. But at the same time, he says what everybody does. You know, I,
0: I guess I can't blame him. Think about it, though, Rick. Ben Roethlisberger played at Miami of Ohio. But he right? knew he was going to be a top-ten pick, though. He knew. Yeah, but a huge game in that low-rent bowl could be the difference between 10 and 4. You're right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Somebody playing for, I don't know. Pick a team. You know, LSU's not a good example because they're high profile. Right. They don't need the exposure, you know, but maybe somebody at a, I don't know, San Diego State, North Texas, something like that, in their bowl, okay, maybe it's advantageous for them to play.
1: Yeah, and it may be. And I I think, you know, I think how I feel, but I'm really torn on it. I am too. I think the logical side of me says I think this is probably a smart decision. Because you know we'd want we all you got it's all about the team and you can't give up on your brothers and that all sounds good on paper but nobody's ever been waving $80 million around in front of our faces that will all of a sudden become 15 or $20 million if you blow out your ACL in that game, right? I think, it may, you know, and I hate to get into bashing the NCAA, but at the same time, they have been exploited, and they've already made mil- They owe nothing to the university. So for me, the conversation becomes, do they owe anything to their teammates? Because I'm sorry, yeah, the university gave you a scholarship, But at the same time, you brought in Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, brought millions, tens of millions of dollars into those institutions. They owe the school nothing. The the school owes them, if you ask me. They owe the school nothing. The philosophical question is: Do you owe it to your teammates to play in the Grow Your Own Beats Bowl? You know, if this was the Nick College National Championship. That's a whole different conversation. Well, sure. Even if it's talking about Stanford, even if it's the Rose Bowl, which is still ostensibly meaningless, but there's a cachet to the Rose Bowl. But these no-name bowls, these are exhibition games. I'm sorry, these bowl games, to all you college football fanatics, I don't watch a lot of bowls. I really don't, Rick, because they're exhibition games. They 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 mean absolutely nothing.
0: And like you said, the Rose Bowl really technically means nothing as far as national title goes. However, you're sitting around Rose with your Bowl. grandkid yeah. on your lap. Oh, yeah, that's the Rose Bowl. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I w- we won that. Yeah, there's a but few it, of those. You exactly. know, and if
1: LSU had gone to the Sh- Cotton Bowl or the Sugar Bowl.
0: Sugar, Cotton, Orange. Of course, there a lot of those are mixed in the playoffs. I know. I understand that. But the fiestas become one in recent years. Yeah, Fiesta. I mean, maybe you might even throw in, say, like, even the peach, something like that, just a one with a long storied history. But other than that, there's not much. Yeah, all these Gator, maybe
1: made up bowls. Right. I just, I,
0: I can't blame. Yeah, I the, can. I, I'm just not into like you said. You know, grow your own beets no. and the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're, right, it's just hideous. You know, it,
1: we're literally. It's going to have to be so cheap to pro- produce these things with some of these you know, beef O'Brady and, bowls that there's going to be an arena sportsnet well, bowl within six years. I guarantee, well, and it.
0: that is. That is the the thing when I was younger, you know you had, of course, it was the big four you had rose, sugar, orange, cotton, mm-hmm. okay, Fiesta came later, I think like yeah. In the 70s. I feel
1: like it's newer
0: it is at least the
1: cachet certainly
0: newer. well, I know it is I mean it didn't it wasn't even in existence, I don't think until like the seventies, but then you had Gator, liberty, peach. I remember Pitt playing in the Liberty Bowl well, we're, 20, 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, which is like, that was like your second tier, pretty big ones. And then you had a few other ones thrown in, your Tangerine Bowls, your Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, and I don't know, maybe a few other ones here and there, but not that many, where actually you weren't so inundated with bowl games. It was actually, and of course, conference winners were in them. Right, right. And so forth. Where actually these bowls meant something. And even if maybe you as a as a college player back then were playing in the Gator Bowl, if you put a um you know a whooping on somebody, your team may end up in the top 10 somewhere along the line.
1: Well, and I have to believe too, Rick, in the 70s and 80s, it'd stop me if I'm speaking out of turn here because I have a fleeting memory of the 80s and none of the 70s, obviously. But I would think these bowls, even these lower level at that time, which they were still pretty high-profile games, even with some of these bigger schools, this might be the only national TV game these guys would play on. Very true. In their careers, whereas now, and I think it's a great thing, but now every single game is broadcast at least locally, if not nationally. Very true.
0: You're absolutely right. But, you know, it is good in a way, but... I think it really does water down everything. Like, if I watched – I mean, I can vividly remember some of these bowl games and the players. Now you flip through, there's like 10 of them on. Yeah. You just don't pay a whole lot of attention. Okay, Utah's leading this one. Click, click, you know, you go over, okay, LSU's leading this one, you know.
1: If I'm watching a bowl game, it's because I flip through, there's less than 10 minutes to go into fourth quarter, and it's within a field goal. Well, All all, right, now you've got my attention. I'm not watching
0: one beginning to end. It's almost back. These bowl games, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm like these with the bowl games like I am with NCAA basketball, you know, during the regular season. Okay, I'll watch the last four minutes. Yeah. You know, and they're within fifteen. Yeah. You know, now the bowl games, okay, it's the third quarter, I'll check back in a half hour and see where they're at. Yeah.
1: So I, I think what it comes down to and look, I'm not gonna sit here and make that argument that all these bowls are a bad thing, and I I'll mock it because it is ridiculous, the, the sponsorship deals. But at the same time I got no problem with it. Look, the only people who care are gamblers and if your team's playing. Well, sure. but, but you know, I'm gonna watch the pinstripe bowl because my pit team that I'm a season ticket holder for is playing in that game, and I'm happy they're playing it. And so I think and it's great for the kids, but at the same time, I think everything we're talking about shows you just how unimportant it is. Are you really, as Christian McCaffrey, letting your teammates down because they can't play in, in the Sun Bowl, I believe, is the one Stanford's playing in? I don't think half the players care about the Sun Bowl. So you know, I think I've talked myself into just having this conversation that I think I knew it didn't matter, but you see just how much it doesn't matter to anybody except the guys on the field, their families, and the hardcore fans of that school. So if Christian McCaffrey walks away and says, Look, fellas, it's been a great four years. I've appreciated everything you've done for me. I've given you everything I had. I am not risking injury here. And and you look at the end of the day, here's what gets forgotten here too, because college football has become such a business, and we think of these players as professionals, even even as college athletes. But at its base, everybody – Everybody, every kid in this country who goes to college, they go there for one reason, Rick, and one reason only, to prepare for their future career, right? Exactly. So – his career just happens to be professional football with tens and tens of millions of dollars at stake. And he's saying, here's a potential risk. I'm at my last hurdle. I'm at my absolute last hurdle to achieving my dream. I'm not going to get tripped up here. I don't I, need it. If I need it, fine. I don't need it. I've given you enough. I'm going. I got no problem with it whatsoever.
0: I, I agree with you there. You know, and you go back to like the college thing why they're there is to prepare for your next step because. Yeah, you, know, you watch the NFL games. You see this heartwarming story of Larry Fitzgerald calling his mother, oh, saying yeah. he finished his education. Well, gee whiz, pal, you went to Pitt for free. <laughs> you know, you obviously weren't getting educated.
1: No, he's playing, playing football. Playing football.
0: Exactly. I'll, I'll read you a couple of these monumental matchups. Yeah. Okay, we already had the Celebration Bowl, which is Grambling State in, in North Carolina Central. Oh, doggone it! I missed that one. The the uh, Cure Bowl, Arkansas State and Central Florida. The New Orleans Bowl, Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette. Who I believe,
1: regardless of what record Louisiana Lafayette finishes with, they play in that bowl every year. It seems
0: like it. The Miami Beach Bowl. Don't they have enough bowls in Miami? You'd <laughs> think so. How many bowl games are they going to play? And, and Tulsa had a rousing victory over Central Michigan, 55-10. Now coming up is uh, one I've been looking for is the Potato Bowl. It's really called the Potato Bowl. (laughs) The Potato Bowl. That sounds like something I would have made up.
1: And at. Oh, it's got to be in Idaho, right? Boise, Idaho. Well, there's nothing more
0: beautiful. Who's playing in it? I'm guessing Boise State. No. Oh. Colorado State in Idaho. Oh, Idaho. Boy, is Boise State's getting something else bigger. There is nothing
1: more beautiful than the weather in Boise, Idaho in late December. I'd want to play a bowl there, too. Let's not forget the Bahamas Bowl. Now, there's, that's what I'm talking Eastern about. Eastern Michigan and Old Dominion. And you know the people in the Bahamas are just chomping at the bit yeah. to get that game down. There. How
0: about the Dollar General Bowl? Yeah. Now, oh. that's
1: classy there. Dollar oh, General.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean... Sit back,
1: relax, and watch Ohio and Troy. Well, and think about it. They get all these fabulous gift bags, you know, this yeah. swag they get. So all the light bulbs and toilet paper these players will need for the rest of their lives playing in the Dollar General Bowl.
0: How about the Quick Lane Bowl? What's a Quick Lane I don't know. Is that it's a bowling the, alley? What is it? It's Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan, featuring Boston College and Maryland. Oh, a pair of 6-16s. and 16s. Yeah. Awesome. The heart of Dallas Bowl. We can be
1: in Detroit, Rick, in four hours from here. The Let's heart go. of Dallas. The Bowl. heart of Dallas, not the
0: fringes of Dallas. No, the heart, the heart, of, heart of, of Dallas Bowl. Army versus North Texas. Okay. Well, now we already had the um, Armed Forces Bowl. Now here's the Military Bowl. Oh, okay. Which has nothing to do with the military as they face uh, Temple and Wake Forest. <laughs> um, proud military institute or. One of one of my favorites, the Cactus Bowl. Oh, don't know, touch f- anything. Featuring Baylor and Boise State. Your your favorite, the Pinstripe yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I
1: will watch that bowl. I will. Northwestern and Pitt.
0: The Foster Farms Bowl. What's a Foster? Is it like just a farm? I don't know, but it's Indiana and Utah. Now we're getting into the big names. Arkansas, Virginia Tech are playing in the Belk Bowl. Like the router for your computer, Belk? Belk. No, you know, that clothing store, B-E-L-K, Belks. Uh-huh. The Belk Bowl. Um, oh, the Music City Bowl. Now, that's that one's been around for a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, for a minute. And, and it's kind of strange. I mean, you would think that, you know, with all the teams that they have in these bowl games, the the Music City is in Nashville, Tennessee. So, gee, let's put Tennessee in this bowl game. That'd be good. Well, that seems kind of counterproductive <laughs> when a bowl game is supposed to be neutral, right? Yeah, well, yeah. But well. who cares? It's yeah. Music and LSU playing in the Citrus Bowl against Louisville, not a bad bowl. I, I I'd watch the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, and you know the Peach Bowl, Alabama watching. Of course, now we're getting into the playoffs. So yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, the Peach is still a, a very big game. So, I don't know. There are just too many of but,
1: them. But swing it all the way back around. These guys. I don't care if they miss it or no, not. In, in fact, I'd encourage it. I think it'd be the smart thing to do. All right, let's try it. We promise this would be all fantasy football all the time, and Rick. we've, and yet we've yet talked, to even discuss we've it. We've talked about everything, but <laughs> game ball stinky socks for last week, Rick. Why don't you start us out with a
0: game ball? Game ball. Devonte Devontae Freeman. 139 yards rushing and three Three touchdowns. touchdowns. I will take that any day of the week. You know what's
1: frustrating with this, though? We're starting to see that back and forth as a fantasy owner where is it going to be Devontae? Is it going to be Tevin? Is it going to be, you know, we recommended Tevin all over the place last week. And he he did fine. He did high, you know, 58 yards rushing, had a couple of catches. But all the goal line work suddenly, which is a break from what they had been doing. All the work suddenly at the goal line went to Devonte Freeman. That's a tough spot it puts you in as an owner of either one of these guys or as somebody in our position trying to recommend and help you set
0: a lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, fortunately, there weren't any questions, you know, regarding Devonte Freeman. I, I mean, I consider him a must-start every week.
1: Oh, no question about it, absolutely. But
0: Tevin Coleman, you're right. I mean, he was. Uh, Not even counted upon around the end zone this week. And and he only had the two receptions as well. But sometimes that's what you have. And and you're not going to – it's kind of like, you know, you have Fat Rob with Washington, but, you know, then you get a few of these Chris Thompson questions. You have a big game and then he's silent. Right. You know, and a lot of this stuff is by feel. I mean, I hate to say, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, he only had the 31 yards last week, but he scored, and you know what? This guy's a must-start. I don't care if he had 25 this week. Right. You're going to start him next week. Because it's
1: likely he's going to get in the end zone. I mean, he is leading
0: the league in touchdowns. Exactly. All
1: right, Rick, my game ball. This is a guy, I believe we recommended him more then we didn't, but I know we didn't recommend them to everybody, so apologies to anybody we didn't. but how about Ty Montgomery a hundred and sixty two rushing yards, two touchdowns? I think it was Angelo that called in um and then we talked him out of tie, uh,
0: yeah, we were one of to... the
1: callers we said, yes, start tie right. and one we said no, start. Right. And I can't remember remember who it was with him. <laughs>
0: I can't remember if it was like a Doug Baldwin or somebody on that ilk. Yeah. Maybe Golden Tate that we recommended. Maybe. Over. It
1: was a higher profile name. I, I unfortunately, agree. Unfortunately,
0: we weren't too bad with Golden Tate either. Yeah. So.
1: yeah if, if that's what it was, right. then, then we can sleep at night there. I don't remember exactly what it was. But this guy, how, why? I, just don't understand. He averaged ten yards a carry. Rick, he only had sixteen carries in this game, so he busted a couple of long ones. Right. Found his way into the end zone, but I, he's the real deal. He's just I do. You, I think we have to play him this week, right? He's not going to put up those numbers again, but you have to play him. He's a I mean, central theme of that offense.
0: You know. I, I, Everybody gets excited about Deion Lewis when he's ever, you know, on the field and ready to play for, you know, one game out of eight. Ty Montgomery's bigger than he is. Oh, absolutely. You know, or very close to the same size, if not, you know, weight-wise. I think he's taller. So why not? I mean, he seems to be doing everything that no one else can do in Green Bay. Now, Christine Michael is acquitting himself much better than Eddie Lacy or James Starks. Well, and that's what I wanted to ask you. So,
1: was was this something you know, Chicago just decided, it's cold, we're not tackling anybody this week? When I see that it was most of Montgomery's yardage, I mean most in terms of over 80% were, of his yardage was after contact, And then you see later in the game, Christine Michael busts that, what was it, 35- or 40-yard touchdown. Was Chicago just not playing against the run, or can we say this? look at this Ty Montgomery thing and say, as long as they're not trying to work James Starks in again next week, if he's not healthy, you have to play Montgomery. If you're still
0: alive and you had Montgomery on your bench, which might be a big if. I just think Green Bay is hitting their stride and really asserting themselves. And – they're just starting to manhandle teams. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, wanna... you
0: saw the hit on who was it? Kadeem Carey or is it Langford? Well, where the C, C Carey. Came,
1: yeah, Carey got hit to the point of the C come yeah. flying off his helmet. Yeah. That's a hit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's a good old school hit. <laughs> there Man, you I didn't see, don't see that often. All right, Rick. Stinky sock.
0: Stinky sock. You know, normally I write down my my game balls. I got three written down. Stinky socks. I've written down one. I'm not giving it to anybody else. No more. Other than your boy, Drunken Blake Bortles. (laughs) He is a drunk. This is ridiculous. 12 for 28. No touchdowns. That's not good. Okay? Now, look. They only had 20 rushing attempts during the whole game. They only rushed as a team for 67 total yards. He passed for... Ninety-two yards. They had a twenty-to-eight lead. Yeah. The defense, it. I'm not landed on them. No, they did their thing. Yeah, they they ended up giving up twenty-one points, but he couldn't move the football in the second half any better than you or I could. It's... They couldn't hold on to the football. I don't. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the time of possession was nil, and. The defense obviously got tired. I mean, yeah. Blake. Bort, it's ridiculous. Hand off to Chris Ivory. Something. <laughs> uh, you know, screen passes Julius Thomas or, or across the middle. Some. I mean, it's ridiculous. Twelve of twenty eight ninety-two
1: the, yards, throw the ball to Allen Robinson more than twice. I mean, we have seen with this guy, Marquis Lee, yeah. no receptions. Take a drop back and fling it in the air somewhere where Allen Robinson can jump for it. Half the time, he's going to come down yeah. with just, it. Yeah, I did. Unfath- it's I've never. You've seen guys take a step back. This guy fell off a cliff. He stepped backwards and came off the cliff. I'm, he went it's off the cliff
0: into an abyss yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Right. I, I don't know what happened to this guy, but i tell you I'm blaming you what, the booze. Big, I mean, this is a pair of stinky socks. Ooh, this, eat I, a I, I'm tired of it. I won't have any more of it.
1: Tell you what, I could give a pair of stinky socks to my sock this week, Rick, for this reason because of the pair of massive drops he had wide open in the end zone <laughs> as my stinky sock goes to Devontae Adams, who we sat here on these airwaves and screamed, you have got to play Devontae Adams after Jordy Nelson. He is the guy in Green Bay, and then we're going to get the mean emails and we're going to get the mean tweets. Well, nice call on Devontae Adams, two catches for 25 yards. He dropped 70 yards worth of receptions and two touchdowns right. on two different times. Wide open, uncovered Hit him right in the hands, drop them both. Sorry, we can't predict that. So for Devontae, for all the crap we're gonna get for the next week and for most of the off season, thanks a lot.
0: Have yourself a pair of stinky socks yeah. or your pair of drops. And and anybody that listens to the asylum over over the years, we own it. Yeah, we'll call ourselves that. I, I mean, you know, hey, I was wrong about Farrow this week. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. I was all in on him. Yeah, I
1: couldn't back you off of that one. No. Hard as
0: I tried. Totally wrong. I mean, I, I thought it was ridiculous that they couldn't establish a run game against Oakland at yeah. all. But I was wrong. I mean, he's certainly no Melvin Gordon. No. You know, no, what I mean yeah. I wasn't expecting Melvin Gordon numbers, but I was expecting maybe seventy five and a touchdown, yeah, something like think. that.
1: But yeah, I'm not taking the blame on DeVonte no, Adams. So I, I agree with you 100%. All right, you got other game balls, Rick. Let's just keep going. We'll finish out the sentence with the or the segment with these.
0: You know, of course Brandon Cooks is an obvious one. Yeah. But we gave him some shine Sunday, didn't we? Yeah, we gave him a little bit. We were shying away from him when it got to some of these bigger names like right. maybe Golden Tate, that might have been one, something like that. You know the two touchdowns, seven for a buck eighty-six with New Orleans after the two stinkers. You know Breeze put up as a bit of a gamble, but you know the potentials there. You know if you have cooks in your lineup, you're probably going to play him anyway. Right. But I'm going to give out a game ball to Matt Moore. Yeah, how 200, about it? Only 236 yards passing, but four touchdowns, one pick. This guy's had really no, not much play at all. No, and he's acquitting himself. Quite well. And, I mean, they don't miss Mr. Tannehill.
1: No, and I think we talked about it that Sunday, on Sunday when it happened, or I don't remember. We discussed it on a show, I believe. I just didn't think, you know, Tannehill's not transcendent enough in that offense to where, you know, that it'd be a big step down when you have a Matt Moore's a professional quarterback. He's a really good backup. That's always going to be. He's not going to be a starter anywhere, but he's a good professional quarterback who can keep the, keep the ship afloat while you wait. And I don't think Tannehill's much above that. He's a little above that, but he's not much above that. But for him to go out and throw for four touchdowns in prime time is, that's just a wow. That's just an absolute wow.
0: Yeah. And you know, of course the, the jets are a shambles, but it was still a big division game, and he didn't choke. He went right. out there and got the job done. All right, I got another game ball, Rick.
1: And over the years, you've known this is my guy. This is my man crush. Oh, Lord. This Here is we my go. button. But I want to give him this game ball while at the same time saying I'm sick of him. Ryan Matthews, 128 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know how many times this Joker has missed time because he's hurt, or gone two weeks with a combined about seven yards and six fumbles. And just when you give up on him, and a guy like me who who's in love with him. Finally relents and sits him on the bench, and four or five times this year he's popped up out of the weeds and done this. I don't know what you do with this cat. I just I don't know what to do. He's so frustrated. I don't like to draft him. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I have to be done with him. Right? You know, I mean, I gotta, we you had move this on. man
0: crush on Darren McFadden. Yeah, and when you finally gave up on him, he put up an eleven hundred <laughs> yard season, something like that, and then yeah. when you jumped on his bandwagon again. He breaks his arm, dropping cell phones yeah, and this that and the he's, other. He's had a rough go. It. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta have that. (laughs) that's right but you know i'm the same way i mean i i bid on matt forte this year he's been a you looked real smart for three weeks yeah but i tell you what it's it's mind-boggling that um this team you know i digress because we're on the jets all of a sudden but no i agree with you about um who would you talk about? Matthews. Oh yeah, Ryan Matthews. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's there, almost Christmas. There's so oh, many. I talk,
1: I talk crap. Oops, wrong button oh, again. Oh, oh, oh! Merry Christmas. Christmas. That next. could be me. It sounds like yeah. If you were only jolly. I'm jolly as Nobody can be. Nobody believes that, Rick. <laughs> All right, real quick, I know you didn't have another stinky sock. Another one I wanted to call you out a little bit on, and fortunately we only have a minute or two left in this segment, so I can't really dress you down. Another guy I couldn't back you off of on Sunday, Rick, as hard as I try, your bun Amari Cooper, a catch for 28
0: yards. Something right there with that cat. I agree. There's there's something right re- but, you know, we went through the stats during the slant. 72 catches, over 1,000 yards. How do you sit the guy down? Yeah, but it would appear
1: he must have had all of them in weeks one through three. <laughs> I don't know where those numbers came through because it feel like, feels like it's been a butt-long time since he's had even a respectable fantasy
0: game. I agree. He's still, you know, he is still right up there. Okay, 70 – where am I looking at? 74 catches – thousand thirty eight yards. And granted he's only got the four touchdowns, which is surprising. But he has been pretty solid up until really the bye week. He came back but but he has not well actually the Denver game before the bye week um Yeah, he hasn't been over 60 yards in six games now. Yeah, I I agree with you. That's a bad
1: trend. It's a really bad trend.
0: It is. And I don't know what the answer is because I guarantee you, if you sit him down, if you're in the championship week this week, if you sit him down. He will burn you. (laughs) uh, I guarantee you against Indianapolis, he'll have – Eight catches for a buck fifty and two touchdowns.
1: I actually would be stunned if that would happen, but that would be my fear in sitting him down. I'm going to agree with that. Well,
0: I think a lot of it, quite frankly, not a lot of it, but the last two or three weeks, it, there could be something to do with Carr's finger. Yeah, as yeah. Well, I don't because think because Crabtree Cooper, hasn't done anything yeah. spectacular. Cooper either. hasn't
1: been healthy either. He's been questionable every single week. Maybe it's worse than we think it is, and maybe it's something we need to pay attention to. This is that new no probable. I think thing biting us because we don't. Is it questionable probable or questionable questionable? Right, and we just don't know how healthy he is. All right, Rick. Well, we'll leave it at that. I'll let you wriggle off the hook on that one. We will be back with more fantasy football greatness here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. (laughs) All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network as Rick is just in the full of the Christmas spirit today.
0: I, I have to say, turn it up just a little bit. All right. I think that's my favorite. This is good. We're yeah. on. I mean, that, that is awesome And he song.
1: sounds like Christmas. Movie. He does. Yeah.
0: I like he's it. A snowman and, um, he's a snowman in uh, Rudolph. snowman yeah. right, exactly. Ho, I mean, ho, but I'm hey, just going to
1: listen to it for a minute. Somebody all right. Waits for you, once for me. All right, I could do that all night, but then I'm going to end up getting into the eggnog, Rick, and this show's going to go off the rails quick. I like eggnog. Hey, speaking of Christmas before... I, oh, I hate it. Really? Liquor and milk just don't jive
0: for ha- me. I have to fully admit, and I, I'm not, you know, there's only one kind that I like. Uh, of the marketable eggnogs, and that is, it's in a tall brown can by Borden.
1: Local dairy, I believe, isn't it? Or is that a no, that's Elsie one?
0: the Cow, Borden, you okay. know. And, I mean, that's the only kind I ever get. And I never, and maybe a lot of people think I'm crazy, but I never put booze in eggnog. I oh, love so it. so you just drink it straight. Oh, I love it. It might be
1: all right there. I've never had it where it's not booze. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, if I'm going to put booze, look, I, I'm a Bourbon and water, bourbon and soda. You're an alcoholic. Just (laughs) say (laughs) it. Now, I think that was uh, uncalled for. And, qu- and quite frankly, oh, you know, oh, oh, Sam's Santa? not happy with yeah. you. Well, hey, he sounds up. He sounds all right. No, that's his warning to you.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> better be nice to the yeah. old buzzer. Naughty or nice? I thought about doing some sort of naughty and nice bit tonight, but I couldn't figure out the best I way. I think we did that once. Yeah, and it was probably bad. It was a stretch. <laughs> it was basically just balls and socks, and only calling them naughty and nice or <laughs> yeah, something. <basically. laughs> okay. was. Why get cute? But anyhow, before we get into that, thinking about Christmas. Yeah, holly jolly Christmas. Do you think the NFL should be playing those two games on Christmas Day?
0: I remember a Christmas Day way back, the, the Miami-Kansas City playoff game. I think it was 71, the longest game, you know, in history. I... Uh... I don't know, because if the NFL's not on, the NBA's on. What's the difference? Well, that's true. I I wonder
1: if that's what they're trying to do, squeeze the NBA out of the dominance they have on that day. Well, I mean, because there's usually never any football games, so
0: why wouldn't they? But it is a Sunday, and to their credit, except for, uh, what, the two games, Mm -hmm. all the other ones are on Saturday. Yeah, I don't like it, but what I
1: can't figure out, do I not like it because I feel like they shouldn't be playing football on, that, on Christmas, I mean, or do I? am I upset because they have the Steelers playing at 4.30 on Christmas and I'm going to have a house full of people I don't want here while I'm watching football and it's going to be very distracting for me. You, you know what I mean? yeah, So I, I don't think... know do I have a moral opposition to them playing on Christmas or is it just going to be inconvenient to me because it's the Steelers? Well, of course it's going to be inconvenient to you and that's why you don't like it. That's probably what it comes down to. I, I like the night game. I like the idea of the 8.30 game. They, have going on? I, I forget which game. Which game is that, Rick? Let me look here real quick. The yeah, Chiefs Broncos is the night. Bronco, the four yeah. o'clock game seems a little heavy handed, right at dinner time on Christmas Sunday.
0: Yeah, that one's the timing. I think you know having a game on Christmas night like at eight thirty. Look, I understand. You know these these players are young and they have families and everything, but. They're rich. They can celebrate Christmas anytime they feel like it. Yeah, and once
1: their season's over, they'll take their family and celebrate on some island we've never (laughs) heard of for six straight weeks, so I'm not weeping for their family.
0: No, exactly. And they can
1: afford to take the family wherever they're going, and they can still celebrate that morning.
0: Exactly, but... I just think the timing's a little weird. 4.30. Yeah. I mean, that's dinner time. Right at dinner
1: time on Christmas night. Yeah. And, you know, I can already hear my mother and grandmother nagging at me to, you know, pay attention to cousin Johnny's stupid kid and whatever he's doing trying to burn my house down or and you heard and it what it is
0: Pittsburgh play yeah I mean, maybe that I mean if it was that's what
1: I'm thinking if it was the Ravens and the Bengals it wouldn't offend me and it'd make me happy I could sneak upstairs with my crack pipe and watch a little football until somebody <laughs> notices I'm gone but the fact Which that it's nobody a, would no, no, nobody cares unless they need day. you to pick yeah. something up unless once the garbage needs taken out they'll be wondering where <laughs> old Rick went until then nobody much gives a damn no. but but yeah, I'm thinking it's probably it's not a big deal. It's just a big inconvenience to me, and that's where my opposition comes in.
0: You know, this is probably why we should have holiday special shows because we're never on track because we <laughs> we're, we're so self centered. We yeah. start talking about our personal stuff and yeah, and well, the holiday itself. I mean, we spent five minutes talking about Burl Ives. <laughs> well, so, I like Burl Ives. Oh, I love Burl. Ives. Well,
1: let's think about it, Rick. I. I was torn on this one. I actually gave this some thought while I'm prepping for this show. While for so many people, this is f- so important, right? This is so important. It's championship week. This is as big as it gets, right? right? For some people, thousands of dollars on the line for something. Right. <clears throat> but at the same time as as a group as two guys who do a full service show, right? Let's think about this for a minute. The average league size is probably 12, right? There's some yeah. 10s out there, some 14s, some 16s. But the average league is 12 teams. So here we are heading into this week. Two of those 12 teams are still in it. You know what? What's that percentage breakout to? What's 1-6 in a percentage? Right.
0: I Whatever know, it is. I don't know what it is, but it's not. It's
1: only that percentage of people who give 18%. a crap about fantasy football right now. So I think this is probably what we should be doing. Exactly. We'll throw enough in there for the 15% who still care and who it matters to. Although I suspect if you've gone this far, you'd probably do all right without us. I don't know. Yeah, your teeth probably set. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. So I'd rather talk about Burl Ives and my idiot nephews and nieces trying to burn my house down. Yeah. Which they probably will try to do. The extended, extended family kind of just doing other things that we talked about off the air i'm gonna have to be liquored up to tell that story on the air but we'll do that soon enough
0: yeah that that'll be <laughs> <Just> by <about laughs> next week yeah probably new year's you'll well, be liquored up we should do show. a new year's show I man i'll be straight down the middle prepping for the show like always <laughs> yeah so, we can talk about your prep if you want to do that <laughs> <laughs> hey, i tell you what it's it is uh we're rare to go. How could I, anyway, just, we got one. Just know if
1: you're a customer at Rick Briggs' store, you're being evaluated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Show prep. All right. Well, let's do a little fantasy football here. Get it back on track. Rick starts and sits. Hard, tough decisions. Don't get hard to get cute here in your championship week. But there's some injuries. There's some matchup problems. Yeah, this, exactly. This is a tough slate to slate of games this week.
0: Yeah, there is. I I'll tell you what, I kind of like you know Jordan Howard at home against the Skins. And um, you know Chicago, they're they're not is a good team, but they're certainly a better team with Matt Barkley in there than they did with you know uh, Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, don't Barkley, know. I don't You think don't, Barkley's going to be? I all don't right. want to be here. No, he didn't. He
1: didn't. I don't know. I mean, <sighs> he's acquitted himself pretty well. He isn't winning these games, but he's hanging with everybody. With everybody. Yeah. He's hanging with everyone.
0: I agree. I mean, Chicago, look, John Fox, you know, somebody said, you know, should he be in the hot seat? No. They they they've got the ninth ranked defense in the league. Their offense needs a quarterback. And even with Jay Cutler, I mean they still have the fourteenth best passing attack in the league. Um their rushing game. I mean their offensive line needs a little help. But Matt Barkley, like you said, has has certainly acquitted himself. Um, I'd have to pull him up to, to know his stats. I know he had 316 yards against Tennessee. You know, he had 362 yards against Green Bay. I mean, it was a shootout, but at least he proved he could right. do it. He could keep up with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it was 30-27. to 27. It's not like they got
1: beat 30-10. to Oh, no, and if it wasn't a ridiculous, just eyes-closed bomb to Jordy Nelson, who they left on an island – they're D.B. in an island one-on-one and makes the catch. Matt Barkley takes Aaron Rodgers right. to overtime. I mean, come on. Exactly. What, what we, I'd like to see. if Look, if I'm Chicago, I'm probably drafting somebody. Jay Cutler's gone, right? We, we agree on that. <laughs> I would uh, certainly hope so. What would be the reason to keep him? I can't think of what I mean, it is. I mean, none. Yeah. So he's gone. I think you draft somebody. But I'd be interested to see, Rick, in September next year, what Matt Barkley looks like with an entire off season of number one reps, I, I I'd be interested to see because stepping in uh, into a bad situation with Alshon Jeffrey out until this week, he played pretty nice last week. We had a lot of questions about him. I felt a lot feel a lot better about him heading into next week than I did last week. You know, not a huge game, What was it eight for eighty something? Yeah. I think it was. But in PPR, he was certainly yeah. well worth it. Had had a real nice game, but. Yeah, you know, it'd be, be interesting to see what what he'll be. He's he really stepped into a tough situation. He's not winning games. He's on a bad team. Jordan Howard's rolling a little bit. They're playing some defense. An offseason worth 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 of number one reps. Something I'm looking forward to with Matt Barkley.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, you know, I think the pieces are somewhat there. I mean, I think they need look, I don't think Zach Miller's coming back. I'm not sure if he's got another year left. I don't know what contract, his contract stands, But I know so. he was hurt pretty bad. Um, tight end, they're, they're lacking. I mean, what, Daniel Brown, I mean, Logan Paulson. I mean, no, no real notables there. But, you know, you have Jeffrey, you have Cameron Meredith. You know, Josh Bellamy caught a touchdown. Um, I'm getting excited about
1: Meredith, Rick.
0: Yeah. I am, too, especially we'll have to get Rilio on. Um, yeah, see if he can get Cameron on. Exactly, after the season. Exactly. But, but this guy
1: be... is looking like the emerging. I don't know if he's going to be a star, Rick. You know, I don't put him on the Antonio Brown, Julio Jones career trajectory, <sighs> but I think he could be a nice, you know, if we put it in stupid fantasy football terms, this guy could set up to be a low-end two, a high-end three well, wide receiver in this yeah, league. I mean,
0: we're talking about fantasy football, but, I mean, you put this kid on a team – with a quarterback right. and a decent run game, you know, yeah, you talk about uh, whatever, a Ben Roethlisberger quarterback team, you know, with Antonio Brown or Matt Ryan. I mean, these guys air it out all the time. right? You no, know, talent-wise, maybe not, but I bet you he could be a golden tape. Well, I don't know, pick somebody else. So, uh, that's probably a good comparison. You know, something like that, and You'd there's be certainly nothing wrong with no, that.
1: No, that'd be a darn good place to be and all right, Rick, my start, my number one start of the week is a bit of a stretch, and I, I got a couple for every position, and I think we'll just use up the rest of this segment doing this. But this guy, this is just a its a tingle play. It's a sort of one of those just what happens when those te- these two teams get together plays. If I'm looking at a flex spot and I'm looking for some high upside, I'm playing somebody with – Aaron Rodgers and David Johnson you know, something. I'm in that situation. I'm chasing points. Right. And uh, deep in a flex and a PPR rig. I'm starting Mike Wallace this week against the Steelers. All he does is catch 90-yard touchdowns in <laughs> games where the Steelers are dominating the Ravens for three quarters. He makes big plays, especially – Joe Flacco makes two or three big plays against the Steelers, and recently they've gone to Mike Wallace. I just got a feeling he's going to do that. You're going to look up at the end of the day, and you're going to see like a three-catch for 110-yard, one-touchdown type of performance. I think you can get some real high upside over whatever other loser you're playing in your flex every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly worse places to be, that's for sure, with – with a guy like him. You know, Wallace, look, I, I'm still convinced he's a one trick pony, but I tell you what, that trick sometimes can really. Yeah, and it seems
1: to work against the Steelers, that team.
0: trick. And, well, yeah. I mean, when you have a secondary that is. What? That's the Achilles of the Steelers. Even with the improved play that they've had recently of some of these young guys stepping up, it's still not one of the premier secondaries in the league. And it, a guy like Wallace, once he gets separation, pal you're done. Yeah.
1: And you know the Steelers' plan is going to be to stop the run, which should be fairly easy cuz whether or not it, they don't whether run, or not it works, they will stop doing it midway through the first quarter whether or not it's been successful and to try to get after Joe Flacco and force him into mistakes cuz he'll make mistakes a lot of them if you can get after him. But there are enough times in these games, especially against the, between when you're talking the Ravens versus the Steelers, where he's going to make that big play, that big back-breaking play. It happens a couple of times, and that's how the Ravens keep beating the Steelers. And I think this game's going to be close, and I think that's
0: how, quite frankly, that's how Baltimore keeps it close. That's about the only way I agree. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go with a sit here, and I'm just going to – let's generalize. With RG3 at quarterback, all Cleveland <laughs> Barnage, Crowell, Duke Johnson, you know Pryor. The big one's Pryor. I had exactly. him as my number one sit. I'll let you finish, and exactly. I'll tell you why. There's just, I'll tell you the reason why. <laughs> RG three. Well, that's a big, yeah. Simple as that. I mean, and and there's no getting around that. Why he's starting, I have no idea. This guy is not the future of Cleveland. No, no, whatsoever. They need to put him on the bench, cut their losses, and get rid of him. See what you have in Kessler, it's, or maybe Hoyer, so that you yeah. can get three
1: or four years out of.
0: Yeah, and I mean, whatever whatever Cleveland quarterback can play that is healthy enough, put him in there. I mean, it's just simple as that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the big, the big one for me was Terrell Pryor, Rick, because... If you look at the big numbers he was putting up, as horrific as they had been all year, Terrell Pryor was really the lone bright spot, at least in terms of, of fantasy football. We got some blips from Crowell early in the year, but he went away and all the carousel at quarterback. But when you look at what Terrell Pryor did, and all of a sudden RG3 shows up and that just goes away. You know, it seemed like these other guys were leaning on Pryor, giving Pryor opportunities. <laughs> You know, RG3 and and the knock on him, going back to what ran him out of Washington and what got him hurt, is he's indecisive. He doesn't get rid of the ball, and he can't get the ball upfield. And so Terrell Pryor's been rendered absolutely useless. And I bring him up because Pryor's a guy we get eight questions about every single week. And most of the time, the answer had been Pryor. Not anymore. Not with RG3
0: at the helm. No. Okay, here's completion percentages for the year. Cody Kessler, 65.6. Josh McCown 54.5. Kevin Hogan.
1: 50. Or McCown, I think
0: I said Hoyer. Yeah, McCown. Yeah, right. Yeah, we always get them confused. Yeah. Um Kevin Hogan 53.8. RG3 50. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm surprised he got the 50. <sighs> Touchdown to <clears throat> interception. Kessler 6 and 2. McCown 6 and 6. Hogan 0 and 2. Griffin 0 and 2. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just and see he's a veteran. No, I see no reason to have him in there. I'm sorry. I mean, he's not making good decisions. He's running around again, which is what got got him killed in Washington. Right.
1: And he's and, taking
0: big hits again. Yeah. That's all and, he does. He's so indecisive. We talked about Isaiah Crowell. He it was on the for better or worse segment we had last week. He ran for 113 yards or whatever Two weeks ago, on ten carries, yeah. and they wouldn't hand off to him anymore. RG three passed for less yards than he had rushing, and they wouldn't give him the <laughs> well, ball. They
1: won't hand the ball off. They they hate to do it. it. It makes them sick. They absolutely won't do it. All right, Rick, a sit for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a running back here. You know, I know we well. If we are doing a show Sunday, we get this question. We steered far away from him last week, and I'm going to recommend doing it again, even though the matchup is tempting, I think. But Adrian Peterson being back against the Packers, I don't know if it's an Adrian Peterson problem or it's an offensive line problem or a lack of any modicum of respect for Sam Bradford. There's a lot at play here. But Adrian Peterson, for the game and a half we got him, Early in the year, averaged less than two yards a carry. Seems to be back on that track here. I don't care. You can bring back your boy Jim Brown. I don't think you're going to be able to run with this Vikings team. And I I want to see once we get the offensive line back and healthy, all right, is Adrian Peterson done? Which just happens to running backs, even the great ones. This happens. It just falls off the table one day, plus with the injuries mountain. Or is it a symptom of the Vikings' offensive line in Sam Bradford? I can't answer that question. I probably won't be able to answer that question until about week four of next year. But what I do know, even against a bad, brush defense that the Packers have, Adrian Peterson's not going to have any success this week.
0: None. No, I agree. And you know what? That is the only way Minnesotas can keep this game close because Sam Bradford gets into a shootout with uh, um, Aaron Rodgers. We know who the winner of that is. and. Yeah, I that was one of my sits too. Was uh, A. P. or McKinnon? I don't want no part of Man. the the Minnesota rushing game. And and that's a th- that's another thing. I think you're going to see, still see a lot of Jarrett McKinnon because, you know, yeah, we got We got a lot of injuries. Do we want to have something happen to him going into next year? Well, and Peterson's saying himself, he said he's going to play against the Packers.
1: But now that they know they're eliminated, he said he's going to think about whether or not he's going to play. Well, in week if they 17. win, they're not eliminated. Yeah, but they're eliminated. Yeah, they they're on. not going to win. <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree, hundred percent.
1: So, but you know, he's saying himself basically, I'm going to ease back into this too. I'm going to try to get get into the off season. I'm doing this for nothing at this point, point. and so I think that tells you all you need to know there as well.
0: Yeah, he's basically saying he's doing Minnesota a favor, right, by giving them a shot. You know, at, at, at playoff glory. Yeah, here, I at one
1: point eight yards per carry. Right. Exactly.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you a, a start. I, you probably are starting him, but we've had this conversation the last three and four weeks. You know, time to bench him, and you'd be longer than that. Todd Gurley against San Francisco.
1: Yeah. In L.A., I think
0: you better get him in. Yeah. There's a defense to run against. It's them.
1: Yeah, if somehow you've survived this long with Todd Gurley, this is the week he might pay dividends. This is the week he might win you a championship. If not now, when, Rick? I actually oh, got exactly. a, I actually got a question today. I was uh, I was over coaching basketball before the show today, and one of the dads, you know, we don't talk about basketball or our children. <laughs> they come up and ask me fantasy football questions. Well,
0: of course they do.
1: And of course he's been eliminated, thanks in large part to Todd Gurley. But it was a keeper league, you know. Uh, what do you call it? It was like a mini dynasty, basically. It was like a five-year keeper league or something. And so he's going into it, and he has a couple young guys. Michael Thomas was a guy I recommended to him, and he was down to. And I can't remember who it was with, but Todd Gurley was one of his questions. You know, what did he? What did I think of the long term? future of Todd Gurley. And and my answer was, I'd be interested to see in the offseason, I don't know when he has to make this decision, but in the offseason, who do they hire as a coach? Do they bring in, finally bring in an offensive guy and not some turtle (laughs) like Jeff Fisher? And what's the quarterback plans? What's the backup plan to Jared Goff? Because they're going to tell you the plan going forward is Jared Goff. And it probably should be, and at minimum that should be what they say. But what's their backup plan? You know, who do they have right. waiting in the wing? Exactly. Because I think that's the Todd Gurley problem. Same thing. They're facing nine in the box. I mean, I just I think I don't think anything's wrong with Todd Gurley at all.
0: No, but until the Rams offense can demonstrate that they can kill you another way, heck. I'm not gonna take him out no. of the box. We're gonna stop Todd Gurley right. and make one of these guys named Manny back there as a quarterback right. beat you. Exactly. And they can't do it. So I and I, and I tell you what they need more weapons. Kenny Britt's been a nice surprise this year, but nobody else is. No. Yeah, you know, Brian Quick is very very.
1: He, he's a nice complimentary piece in in terms of your your regular. You know, if, if you had other good weapons, and he'd oh. certainly be a nice complimentary piece. However, you know, Brian Quick is, shouldn't be your number two number two receiver by any means. So. Yeah, just I, I think I ultimately recommend it. I can't remember Rick who he said the the other pieces needed to be, but you know, Todd Gurley. I said I think if if they address the the offense in the off season, Todd Gurley should get back to to being just. Did you see Rick? By the way, and I hate these guys who do this. The guy who tweeted Todd Gurley telling him he was going to kick his ass because Todd Gurley ruined his fantasy season, and Todd Gurley responded and said, come on over, let's do it.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I, but gotta... I wish I did see that.
1: Number one, don't ever be that guy tweeting an NFL player about your fantasy team. That's just embarrassing. Don't well, do it.
0: Well, not only that, but it's also totally stupid, some slob <laughs> threatening somebody. You know, it's kind of like the, the fat guy that stumbles into the ring. You know, yeah, we know wrestling's rigged, but I tell you what, these guys are going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're
1: still going to you're still going to limp out of there. There's no question about it. Now, to this guy's credit, so I want to crush him and I'm going to say this and I mean it. You are a loser for tweeting to Todd Gurley about your stupid fantasy team. Right. You're a loser for doing that. However, I'm going to give him a little bit of shine here, Rick. So Gurley responds, I think he said, drive on over or something. I forget how Gurley put it. It doesn't really matter and the guy says, I'm here, I'm in the end zone, you'll probably never find me. Now, that's a good response. (laughs) Yeah, When when Gurley puts you on blast, as the kids say, and you come back with it, that's pretty good. You're still a loser, but that's a good way to
0: end a conversation. Yeah, at least you acquitted yourself (laughs) anyway as a witty loser. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, Rick, another start for me. I'm going to go with, might be obvious, except for the fact he struggled the last several weeks After that great start. Ajayi. But I'm going to get your boy Jay Ajayi out there. You have seen the Buffalo Bills have given up two 200-yard games this season, one of them to the aforementioned Ajayi, along with Le'Veon Bell going to Buffalo the weather certainly I have to assume is going to be rotten up there even on the best of circumstances in the end of December the weather's rotten up there you got Matt Moore starting at quarterback Buffalo struggles against the run this is a game Miami's got to have I think I don't expect 200 again but I think well over 100 in the end zone is going to be our boy Ajayi this week
0: yeah I agree with you 100% <clears throat> don't shy away from him nah don't don't be afraid of your boy Ajayi. and uh where are we at here? We are on. Uh, this is actually technically week fifteen, yeah. right? but No, that... we're heading
1: into sixteen. Oh, two that's games right, Because left. of the buys. Right. yes, yeah,
0: yes, yeah, it's, it's week sixteen. Yeah, it's actually the fifteenth game. Okay. Um, what are we doing? Start, start, sits. What are we doing there? I'm. Whatever you want. I think we're. I think we're doing sits if we're staying in order. We're doing sits. <clears throat> I think a. <sighs> You know, it, it it's hard to tell somebody to do this. It really does. But Mark Ingram yeah. at home, I know it's the Saints at home. They're a different team. But i tell you what, it seems to be Tim Hightower's show. Radually. And against Tampa Bay, you know, I, I don't think I want to have Mark Ingram out there. You probably don't have a choice. You probably I don't know who your depth chart would be. But if you're in the Super Bowl, you're probably pretty well loaded anyway. Right. But uh, I just wouldn't play with him. No, it, it's he's kind of like Brandon Cooks, right? It,
1: it's something that happens there in New Orleans where the ceiling's out of this world. And there's been times, Rick, we've recommended to sit him, and you look up, and somehow he's got 180 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. But he could take donut just as easily. And In my championship, if I have a guy – say I can get my fingers on Ty Montgomery or maybe even Kenneth Dixon in Baltimore, somebody like that, there are a lot of guys out there I, I would certainly trust over him. I really would.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you just look at – I mean, he's had he had a huge game against Rams, but since then he's had 37 yards, 14 yards, 78 yards. He's still going to be involved in the game, obviously, but his touchdowns are down. He hasn't scored in three weeks. Of course, he'll probably have six this week. Right.
1: Right. But that's the thing. That's the risk with a guy like Ingram. Do you want to
0: take that risk in your championship, if you can avoid when it? When we've seen – one thing I will caution you, apparently he's very upset that Tim Hightower is getting all the, the end zone <laughs> yeah, carries. he's bitter about that. Uh, it, very vocal. It can go two ways, especially with a guy like Sean Payton. Yeah. He can say, okay, let's feed him the ball, keep him happy, or say, look, pal.
1: Zip it. I'm running this yeah, ship. I'm, I'm
0: running this <laughs> ship. I got and, this. And, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's one another reason why I don't want to gamble with him.
1: Yeah, and another one, a guy with a, the a history of the fumbles, if he goes out there and he loses one early, even if he doesn't lose it, he may not see the field again. And I don't like messing with guys like that. All right, Rick, we will leave it at that. When we come back, a, a special treat for the Arena Sports Network community, Rick, as for the first time this season, you will get exclusive rights to our game picks Get the bookie on the other line. I'm coming off of 14-2. and Rick's running about 80% over the last six weeks. So get the bookie on the phone. Play those money lines. It's all coming up here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. jingle 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 rock all right wrapping up a special holiday edition of the asylum fantasy sports show here on the arena sports network
0: yes indeed rick and uh you know this is the last segment
1: before christmas yes sir so this is this is a special treat for you get that bookie on the line never before done Here on the arena sports network is we give you our lead pipe lock picks. I'm coming off a 14 and two Rick week, Rick coming off a 12 and four. And we both got to be running well north of 80% the last several weeks.
0: Oh, no doubt about that. We have been nailing it. All right, let's get a moving. All right,
1: hold on. Don't don't get too excited. I know. In case we didn't mention, Cletus once again <laughs> doesn't show up. Apparently, he's on Christmas vacation now. Oh, so, oh, oh. oh, Santa's not Merry happy with Cletus Merry either. Christmas. No, he's he, he, didn't
0: th- he didn't think he should be taking time off to practice for the interpretive dance Christmas special. And I, I, quite frankly, Santa, I agree. I, yeah, you know, I, I think he's way too old to be doing interpretive dance Christmas specials. Look,
1: he's a he's a fair-looking young lad. I'll give him that. But I don't I mean, need to see like him what? in a leotard. Bray I mean, Wyatt,
0: yeah, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt in any more. Yeah. Leotards no, and I already no, did. And that
1: white Leotard he's bouncing around in just yeah. doesn't look good. So no. anyhow, I just made the sprint back from the control room into the studio. I don't know, maybe after the new year, Cletus will work a day or two here or there. I don't know. Yeah,
0: could be a New Year's resolution to work <laughs> once a <laughs> month. Show or up something. once a month anyhow. Yeah. You know, the
1: good thing is I'm getting my cardio in, bolting back and forth between here and the uh, here in the control exactly. room. So let's get into it, Rick. Everybody's got their pens ready, the bookies uh,
0: just on well what was that i'm just listening
1: <laughs> we need to start doing video rick just does weird well things. we are
0: going video come 2017 I, that is the Sometime, resolution we've yeah. got
1: everything we need we just Except don't from, have somebody to run the damn <laughs> camera yeah. yeah so you send a resumes in asylumfootball@gmail.com at if you can be in western pennsylvania every thursday night and sunday morning well even the off season now nah, we just don't need on Thursday night just slant we yeah. don't care so, if you can come in and you can run an iPad, basically, is all I'm going to need you to do and turn some buttons. And, you know, if you don't own a leotard and don't take dance classes at the same time. And bring beer. Well, you have to bring beer. <laughs> that's that's a prerequisite, certainly. There you go. All right, Rick. First game of the week. Big one here in the NFC East as your Philadelphia Eagles host the
0: New York Giants. Yeah, going on right now on Thursday evening. I tell you what. We wrote these. Of course, we did these ahead of time. I'm I'm feeling the Giants, man, and I think there's a lot more trouble in Philly than, uh, than what it looked like after about week five or six. Right. I like the Giants 27-20. It's going to be a tough game, but I yeah. like the Giants.
1: Look, Philadelphia's a lot better at home. They're a lot better at home. But the New York Giants are playing. Look, Eli hasn't done anything to impress me. If anything, he's not been very good in the month of December while they're on this winning streak. But he's doing just enough. He's not making the critical errors he tends to make, save for that Steeler game. They're playing a ton of defense, and you worry about Carson Wentz. He's reverted a little bit. Now, if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'm feeling pretty good about my quarterback situation for, for years to come. Carson Wentz looks like a professional quarterback. That being said, they're eliminated. This game means a lot more to the New York Giants, while I think only on paper. They still have a chance to to move in that division a little bit. They're going to be the first wild card. But the way they're playing defense, this one's going to be a squeaker. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to come down to the last minute. But I got the Giants here, 24-23. to 23. All right. There All right. Go. Let's move on. This is one Steeler fans will be watching closely, depending on what happens with, the, with their game versus the Ravens, as the Bills at home taking on the suddenly resurgent Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, and this really has nothing to do with uh, you know being like a homer pick. But I, I just like Buffalo at home. I think the weather's going to be nasty enough that, that the cold's going to affect Miami. And, uh, you know, I, I think Buffalo realizes they've given up two 200-yard rushing games. And I'm going Buffalo 24-18 in this one. I'm going to agree with you here, Rick. I,
1: I have—I actually don't even have it that close. Our scores are eerily similar, which they've tended to have been lately. I got the Bills here, twenty-seven, nineteen, for all the reasons you said, in you gave the uh, a game ball and rightly so to Matt Moore last week. However, right, the New York Jets had just flat given up. they're, yep. they're done. They don't care anymore. That's not going to happen. I think Ajayi has a nice game. I still just don't. I didn't believe in that Miami team before, and and say what you want about how awful Ryan Tannehill is, and I'll probably agree with you. But now you're going to go on the road. You're fighting for a playoff spot. You're not really. You don't look at least on paper, which is meaningless in Week 16. I understand. Like a playoff team with your backup quarterback, and here's another factor: look back in the history of the Buffalo, the recent history of the Buffalo Bills when they can't make the playoffs. Once they get themselves mathematically eliminated or real close to it, they start winning football games <laughs> all of a sudden. You know, and they finish up eight and eight, nine and seven, and the Bills mafia is is very heartened by all of this. And in the end, it ends up being meaningless. So I think Buffalo wins their final two games, this one included. All right. All right. Moving along. This one's going to be tough, Rick. So I got to go turn our headphones up. So I want you to take your time and think. If you folks hear any dead air, this is Rick really thinking hard about this one. Is the New England Patriots, Rick, host the New York Jets?
0: Yeah. And just like you said, the Jets have flat given up. But, you know, if there's a game that they can consider their Super Bowl, it's going to be this week. But I don't think it matters. New England's so much better. I'm going 34-17 New England. If Belichick doesn't care about playing down to competition. No, he just no. stomps them.
1: No, and he hates the Jets. Right. And the Jets have harassed him a little bit over the years. A little bit, very little bit, but maybe more than anyone else. I agree with the 34, but I don't see any scenario where the Jets get to 17. I have this one 34-6. And okay. I made that. I made that big stink about it. Was it Was it on the slant? It was on this show last week. I can't remember how I'm always reticent to accuse a team of quitting. Right. That's a heavy accusation against an NFL team and NFL players. But the Jets have quit. <laughs> they have absolutely quit. You watch, You let Matt Moore throw four touchdowns against you, you've done given up. And now you're going to Foxborough in December in a game – meaningless only in the fact that New England technically needs this one to clinch home field throughout they're going to make it hurt i just believe they're yeah. really going to make it hurt and,
0: and i agree with you in in that aspect i mean you look at cleveland you look at jacksonville you look at san francisco these teams are still playing football they're not good football not but good they're, football, they're they're, but trying they're playing real hard. football chicago same way new new york's not they they just look terrible and they're playing as such. Exactly. All right, Rick, this one
1: uh interesting in, in as much as what it means for the Titans is the Jaguars and their new head coach Doug Marone, host the Tennessee Titans looking to win a division title.
0: You see a lot of teams, you know, have a resurgence at least for a game or two when there's a mid-season or a regular season coaching switch. Right. I don't think Blake Bortles <laughs> He's not the guy this this year to uh, make that happen. I think it's going to be a competitive game. It's a division game. Jacksonville's defense is going to keep him alive. I like Tennessee 31, Jacksonville 28. <laughs> I got Tennessee at 31. we <laughs> We agree on the winners.
1: I got Jacksonville 18. I agree with you. A lot of times you look for these situations. If you're looking for an upset where you get a little bounce, there is just no way you can blame Gus Bradley for as poor as Blake Bortles has played. That is all on Blake Bortles. Look, Gus Bradley had to go. What's his record? Like 4-420 four and 420 <laughs> over the last three years.
0: Really? really? It was 14-48. and 48. Yeah.
1: He had to go. I don't know that he had to go with two games to go. That's really strange. You know, what, are, what are you trying?
0: To, because what are you trying to get out ahead of? I don't it doesn't make sense. I don't know. They were ahead twenty to eight against a division team and they blew it. <laughs> That's another he was just real pissed, I guess, yeah, right? Exactly. He
1: said, you, you walk home dummy. You're finished. <laughs> yeah. you, you are done here. Good luck finding your way home. But I just do this means too much to the Titans. That's what it comes down to. So I've got them thirty-one to eighteen. And quite frankly, Rick, I don't know how the Jaguars get to eighteen. All right, this is one if you'd have told me two months ago was meaningless, I'd have laughed at you. But the Packers hosting the Vikings.
0: Well, this certainly isn't meaningless. Well, it's meaningful to the Packers,
1: but it's meaningful to Minnesota. The outcome is not in doubt, is what I'm saying.
0: Oh, I understand what you're saying. But, I mean, as far as a meaningful game, it is a must win for both teams. But, yeah, I mean, I I look for Green Bay just to uh, handle Minnesota. I think Minnesota. Keeps it close early with the defense because they won't be wore out yet. <laughs> um, but I'm going Green Bay 24, Minnesota 13. Yeah, we're, we're not too far
1: off on this one. Look, The Packers are going to win this division, right, and be the number four seed in the NFC. Detroit's finished. We'll get to them soon enough. The Packers are surging. What Ty Montgomery's doing, Jordy Nelson looks like he's finally back 100%. His team is terrifying, and this team could come from that four seed and as wide open as that NFC is, save for the Cowboys. This Packers, I think, are the one team that could go into Jerry World down there and win an NFC title game. So for all that, the Packers obviously have to have it to win this division. I've got them 29-11. I went to my old bag of tricks (laughs) for a fun score there. All right, Rick, is this the week the Cleveland Browns at home 0-14 taking on the San Diego Chargers who just laid a big egg against offensively anyhow in what I thought would be a shootout last week against the Raiders?
0: Look, San Diego does nothing but blows football games. But when it gets right down to it, you know, I mean, I had this big rant, whatever s- segment it was about RG3 and Cleveland to the start-sit segment. Give me Phil Rivers any day against RG3, and I'm going 3117 San Diego. Giving this one a lot of thought, Rick. Got my record on the
1: line. I've been hot. And I've done right. it by being conservative, by being smart. Rick, I'm gonna do it. I'm going for it. I just don't see it had never happened before Detroit did it several years ago, at least the 0-16. And I think we had to go back to what the 70s with the Bucks to find an 0 and 14. This just doesn't happen. There would be no excuse for San Diego to lose this game except for the fact that you're going to be in Cleveland, Cleveland on Christmas Eve when you live in San Diego. Your season's over. Antonio Gates has been banged up and isn't playing well. Melvin Gordon's going to be out. I think even if he can play, he'll milk it one more week so he doesn't have to go to Cleveland for Christmas. This 0-16 is such a rare feat. The Cleveland Browns aren't going to go into Heinz Field next week and beat the Steelers, especially if there's a playoff spot on the line. They're going to lose by 40. I'm pulling the trigger here, Rick. Let it be known. I'm gonna pause so we can cut this out if we have to mock me with it later, if I wanna brag about it later. I've got the Cleveland Browns this week over the San Diego Chargers sixteen to fourteen.
0: All right. I just don't see how I just don't tend to agree with don't see how the thirty first ranked defense in the league can stop Phil Rivers. I mean, they may pick him off a couple of times, but I just don't see them stopping them enough. RG3 is not going to score the points against them. Yeah, they only need 16 by my man. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll 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 wait and see. Yeah, I think I might hurt myself
1: on that one. All right, Rick, the Chicago Bears coming off a heartbreaker against, uh, who'd they play, uh, Green Bay. Green Bay, Taking yeah. on the Washington Redskins who just laid an egg on Monday. There's a team, an entire team that deserved a stinky sock there.
0: You know, this is – This isn't what I consider a trap game. This is a dangerous game against Washington. Chicago has been playing sneaky competitive football. I mean, as witnessing that Green Bay game. I think Green Bay is a better team than Washington, and and they almost took them to overtime, like you said. I still like Washington. I think Kirk Cousins, he had over 300 yards and no touchdowns this past week. I think that changes. I think he's good for a couple at least. I'm going Washington 28, Chicago 21.
1: If I wasn't being stupid and having picked the Cleveland Browns (laughs) to win a game this week, this would be my upset special. But, Rick, I don't know how big of an upset this is. I've got the Chicago Bears here, 23-20, and I've got it for this reason. If you watched that game on Monday, and I don't know how much of it you did, The Washington Redskins, we've talked about it all year, but it's getting progressively worse. Cannot stop the run whatsoever. Right. Whatsoever, even when they know it's coming. They were giving up rushes of 10 and 15 yards a clip when Carolina was simply trying to run the clock out, which is just inexcusable. They have nothing on that defensive line right now. And I think that lost Monday night, well, it, in no way mathematically eliminating them. They're going to be in this thing if they can win this week. are right through the end of the games at 7 o'clock at the end of week 17 on, I don't know, are they playing these games New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? I don't even know what they're doing that following week. It doesn't matter. I just think that lost Monday was so deflating. You're at home. On in prime time with a chance. Now you're already in the sixth seed to almost put a stranglehold on that last playoff spot. And not only do you lose, I know the score showed it a little closer. You got your butt whooped on Monday night football against a team that's not going to the playoffs and a quarterback who's been playing horrifically after an MVP season. I just think, Rick, the Redskins are done. I just think it's done. I think Jordan Howard just goes monkey poo on them. I really do. I think they're in big trouble. They can't get off the field in third down, so I got the Chicago Bears here to finally put the final nail in the coffin of the Washington Redskins, which for some reason we've talked about as a team I'd found myself rooting for this year, so I'm not happy to say this.
0: Oh, exactly. I agree. I mean, it is very possible that they could get – like I said, it's not – to me, it's not a trap game. It's a dangerous game. All right. And then going from the Super
1: Bowl, Rick, to playing the role of spoiler all the way down the stretch, the Carolina Panthers off that aforementioned win hosting the Atlanta Falcons. This was one I went
0: out in a limb on. Ooh, I think okay. Carolina's playing some decent football, and I'm going Carolina in a squeaker, 31-28. I don't hate it. I considered
1: it. I, I went with the Falcons here, 30-23. I think it's one-possession game. I think they just have too much offensively. You know, I think they're, you know, they're still in a fight for that division. Carolina, you know, playing for pride, playing for spoiler. I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers win this game, especially being at home. But all that said, what I've seen out of Devontae Freeman last week, what I saw out of Tevin Coleman and what this offense has done against bad defenses the last couple of weeks, Carolina's a little better, Rick, but they're not much better. So I think Atlanta just has too much for them. I've got them 30-23. to 23. All right, big one here, AFC playoff implications all over the place is your Raiders, Rick, hosting the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, this is a this one has a Wild West show written all over it, too. It'll probably be 8-4. <laughs> but I, I'm going Oakland 34, Indianapolis 30. I think the weather's going to be good. I think it's going to be a factor. Um, I don't consider the travel that big of a big difference. I just think Oakland's a little better team, and the, I'm going Oakland 34-30. Yeah, they just keep finding ways to
1: get it done. We talk about... Amari Cooper struggles. We talk about Derek Carr's pinky. Even Crabtree's been nicked up, and he struggled a little bit even though he scored last week. This team keeps finding ways to win football games, and I think they do it again at home. I think that's the factor for me. I wouldn't be stunned if the Colts won this game. I think they could still make some noise in that division. I still think they're the better team in that, the best team in that division, quite frankly. But going to Oakland, going to the black hole on Christmas Eve—that's that, a tough position to be in. So I've got the Raiders twenty-seven, twenty-one. Now this one should be a shootout, and this one probably will end eight to four, Rick, as the uh, New Orleans Saints host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because we predicted shootouts in this matchup before, and it yeah. never come to fruition.
0: I think there, we're going to have a few points thrown around. I, I'm not looking for, like, 42, 38 or anything like that. But I'm going New Orleans. I think they bounced back from those two stinkers last week especially. I'm going New Orleans 30, Tampa Bay 26 to end Tampa Bay's playoff hopes. See, it is hard to pick
1: against the Saints at home, Rick. It really is. They're, they're a very different team at home. They found their offense again after two stinkers out there in Arizona last week, as you mentioned for whatever reason, I just got a feeling the Bucks are a playoff team, and that door is wide open now with Washington throwing up all over their shoes on Monday. I really don't know how. This is me predicting the end of the season and having to make this game pick this way to justify it. I got the Bucs here 33-31. It's just going to be one of those games, and I think the Saints find a way to blow it in the end. All right, Ray, I know you got your DVR set for the for the offensive bonanza that is going to be the Seahawks hosting the Arizona Cardinals.
0: And, and you scoffed, but it, it very well could be. Who, who looked for whatever that was, 45-41 <laughs> last week with New Orleans and Arizona? But um, I'm going to Seattle. I think they're the better team. Arizona, they're, they're just not right. Seattle 31, Arizona 24.
1: Yeah, we recommended Carson Palmer as a start last week, Rick. I believe we started him over Tom Brady in a question. And there we was were two correct. or three guys. We nailed that. Guess what? Them good times is over. <laughs> All right, you're going to Seattle.
0: Yeah, I'm not recommending Carson Palmer this week.
1: Now, Arizona is a team historically, historically being the last four or five years, that could go into Seattle and give them a scare. Not this team. Not this year. I got the Seahawks. I think it's going to be ugly. I really do. And I got the Seahawks nineteen thirteen. All right, Ray. I know this is your game, buddy. I know there will be no Christmas Eve in the Briggs household <laughs> no. because this game must be watched as the LA Rams I, host the San Francisco forty nine. I it's a have game of the week, brother. Game of the week.
0: And declined many party invitations. (laughs) Nobody invited you to a party. (laughs) No, I knew that. Nobody would. We're not falling for that one, pal. (laughs) Well, okay. My dog did. Yeah. She likes me. Can San Francisco snap it? Snap the streak of 13 losing. I really want to take them. But somewhere along the line, I think they're going to find a way not to win against Los Angeles. I'm going Rams 10, 49ers 9. (laughs) I like it.
1: That's my kind of score there. (laughs) I, I agree. It probably should be that way, Rick. But I just think San Francisco, what they can do in the running game and the way teams have been able to run on the Rams inexplicably lately, I think Kaepernick gets it going a little bit. I think The Rams are just a dumpster fire right now. I think Colin Kaepernick gets it back on track a little bit. Gives you that little bit of doubt about letting him go in the off season, or at least about whoever's going to – maybe my team with an awful quarterback should sign him. Yeah, I agree. I think this yep. is the game where he does it. I got San Francisco 26-16. And for the life of me, Rick, I can't tell you how the hell the Rams get to 16.
0: I don't either. All right,
1: Rick. Texans, we talked a lot about them this week. And Tom Savage, Pitt Panther Tom Savage, hosting the Cincy Bengals.
0: Well, I think you hit a, a- – Key point there earlier in an earlier segment talking about Savage. You know, you give a team pretty good defensive team time to prepare for him. I think it's a little different game. I'm going Cincinnati 24, Houston 20.
1: Yeah, I, I had the same thought, Rick. They're, they're in a spoiler role. Melded down as they're want to do. You have Burfix, an idiot, and Pac-Man Jones is an idiot. As Chris Jericho would say, they're a bunch of stupid idiots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's on the list. But sort of the pressure, that that bit cracks me up. Am I the simpleton that that cracks me up?
0: No, I mean that's no. why they do it it's because
1: for simpletons like me. Right. It's just a funny, funny bit. Anyhow, but yeah, for everything you said, they're gonna have a week to game plan for Tom Savage. I think it's gonna be a struggle for him. You, you saw what what the Bengals did against Le'Veon on Bell. They can defend a run a little bit. Right. So I, I think all that works into in the Texans I'm sorry, they're just not that good. I got Bengals twenty two sixteen. All right, Rick, this is a game that matters. This is a game that I'm gonna be sitting in my car in my own driveway, watching it on my iPad <laughs> to get a little peace and quiet. Is the Pittsburgh the AFC North crown? <laughs> Why your nephews on. let the tires yep. out of your truck? <laughs> no or... question about it. AFC Crown on the line, Rick. Is the Steelers host the Baltimore Ravens? Well, I
0: tipped my hand a little bit earlier. I think Pittsburgh is just rolling. I mean, everything set. See, everything sets up that Baltimore is going to win this game. You know, it's. Uh, because that's what they do you know it looks like pittsburgh's rolling and just when you think they're rolling they lay an egg and lose a critical game that's what they do i think i somewhere along the line especially with Le'Veon bell in there ben and and company they find a way to win flacco make a mistake pittsburgh 27 baltimore 23 yeah we're real close in that one rick Here's what I find my – I've got two
1: things spinning through my head. There was a chance in week 16 last year for the Steelers to go Size into Bal- Well, that too. <laughs> to go into Baltimore, wrap up a playoff spot, and be done. And they lost – not only lost, got their hind ends kicked by Ryan Mallett. Not Joe Flacco, Rick, by Ryan Mallett yep. in the Baltimore Ravens. Everything says that very well could happen again. Here's – this is a stupid way to make a prediction, but this is a real rivalry. This isn't a rivalry like the Steelers and Browns are rivals where the Steelers have won the last 97 in a row. or <laughs> This is a real rivalry. And the Ravens have won the last three. Real rivalries, I don't think, continue in that direction. Right. It means an equal amount to each. The Steelers are such a better team at home. If this game was in Baltimore, I'd pick Baltimore by 10, I think. I quite honestly think I'd do that. At home, I hope this isn't my heart. I hope this is my head. I just don't see Baltimore rolling out four in a row in Heinz Field. So, I'm going to take the Steelers here 26-23. So, we're real close on the score. All right, Christmas night. Hopefully, everyone's out of my house by this point. Anyhow, Rick, is the Chiefs host the Broncos.
0: And just one added, added comment about that. The leading rusher for um, in the first game against... Uh, baltimore was Le'Veon bell with 32 yards i don't think that they're going to hold Le'Veon bell to I, 32 yards this, this time and
1: the way he struggled last week even though i think he still crested 100 total yards it was right. a struggle for him i think he plays a big role he's the x factor you know be bold prediction yeah, i know Ooh, but he's the wow, x factor. you heard it here he's first that's right yeah. yeah but he's he's the x factor so what here. are we doing kansas city denver kansas city hosting denver
0: i like kansas city Look. I don't know why. I mean, I had never thought that they lost that game to Tennessee. That was a crushing defeat. Denver's reeling, but I like Alex Smith run offense better than Trevor Simeon. Yeah. I may be wrong, but I think Kansas City by hooker by crook wins 27-22. Yeah, I think the
1: Chiefs set up the way they play offense that – they don't come in high-flying and get forced to grind it out against a Broncos team. Kansas City grinds it out, and they set up well, and I think they match up well with the Broncos. So I have them winning this as well, 2014. I, think, I don't think the Broncos win another game, and I think they miss the playoffs here. And finally, Monday night football, the Dallas Cowboys at home taking on the reeling Detroit Lions.
0: <clears throat> well, should we start Tony Romo or should we start Dak Prescott? No, you start Dak Prescott because that's why you're what twelve and two. Dallas twenty nine, Detroit twenty.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd be and that's not all that close, and I would be surprised if it's even that close. I've got thirty three twenty, Rick. I think Dallas lays a whooping on them. I think Detroit keeps it close for a little while, but with Stafford nicked up, I just I don't think they can. I don't think they can hang with them, Rick.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It, it's uh, oh, oh, oh. Ooh, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas. Yeah, well,
1: Santa is not a Detroit Lions fan. I think that's Santa's subtle way of telling us it's time to go and get ready for Christmas.
0: I agree. Oh, oh What is this? I mean, this isn't Christmas. I mean, this
1: isn't Christmas. This, Rick Briggs, is the greatest Christmas song ever put on tape. I hate when you take your head but I hate that more than anything. I gave you Burl Eyes. You can't give me Mariah Carey.
0: No, because you pounded in the ground.
1: <laughs> you are just you are no friend of mine, Rick Briggs, I'll tell you that.
0: Like that's a surprise.
1: Alright, on that note, happy holidays, oh, everyone. Yeah. Merry ho, Christmas. Ho ho.
0: Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> hey,
1: and best of luck to you if you're in your championship game. Hey, there won't be a slant this week, but asylumfootball at gmail.com. At Asylum Football. We will answer all your questions Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I will respond to your tweets in church. This is one of the three days a year I go to church, Rick.
0: You don't even get on
1: Twitter. That's what? Oh, I will for this. Okay. So we will be there for you if you need us again. AsylumFootball at, gmail.com, at Asylum Football. Merry Christmas from both of us, even from Cletus, as he's in that interpretive dance class. We will be back next week, eight o'clock Thursday night, eight o'clock Eastern. Well, Arena I carry it as interpretive
0: dance. Oh, I don't class. think
1: there's any question about it. I'd like to see him dancing around to this
0: one. Or, or Burrow Eyes, Holly Jolly. I'd I like to see a whole melody of interpretive Date. That's a good show. That would be great.
1: All right, next week, 8 o'clock Eastern, arenasportsnet.com. Until then, Merry Christmas. We'll see you.
0: Merry Christmas. Take care. What can I do? Oh, baby, I for Doesn't
1: get any cheerier than this one. Burrow Eyes,